When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Turf Show Times, the podcast. I'm Kenneth Arthur. With me every week, J.B. Scott. This is a combination of our midweek show and last-minute thoughts because the Rams' last-minute thoughts come in the middle of the week as Thursday Night Football features Rams Raiders at SoFi Stadium. And then, you know, the Rams can take a little break, 11 days off until Monday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers. And by then, Baker Mayfield could be ready to start. I don't know what really, with that 11 days, uh, basically two weeks since the Rams picked up Baker Mayfield and little to offer from uh, John Wolford or Bryce Perkins. Uh, Maybe we'll see him, you know, he could be active on Thursday. So we'll see what happens there as the Rams don't really have much here to lose and not much to gain from losing. So JB, uh, we have seen Baker Mayfield finally make his way over to Sean McVay. I wrote in the offseason, you know, that if the Browns released Baker Mayfield, that the Rams should pick him up and just let him be the back of the Stafford if he was willing to, you know, eat some humble pie and realize that he's not a starter in the league. A lot of people telling me, no, he is a starter. He's a good starter. Uh, He should be starting um, and he would never play as a backup uh, on the Rams. Um, Obviously there's no Stafford here, so he's not a backup, but Mayfield's time with Carolina was short, awful, and he was released. Uh, So what are you expecting from Baker Mayfield here in the last five games? Do you think that you know, the Rams have a plan here, uh, or t- let's just say that. Do you think the Rams have a plan here? Uh, well, I think their plan is to just upgrade in the short term, at least over Bryce Perkins and John Wolford, who are not, you know, really NFL caliber quarterbacks. And, you know, the saga of Baker Mayfield is a complicated one where that supporting cast in Cleveland just eroded over time. So we're the point where they trade for Amari Cooper now and, you know, they ship Baker Mayfield out. So, Maybe this would have been his best supporting cast in recent seasons, but then they make the Deshaun Watson trade, get rid of Baker Mayfield. But, you know, if the Browns had Baker Mayfield instead of Jacoby Brissett, we're talking about them in the AFC playoff hunt at this point, because I think, you know, Mayfield is head and shoulders above Brissett at this point still. So uh, I think that was a weird move by them. And I'm not sure that really anyone could have been successful in Carolina this season, especially knowing the things we know about Matt Rule's tenure uh, after he's been fired. So, you know, not really preparing. Uh, on a standard that you would expect at an NFL coaching staff, um, you know, the situational football and such, and, you know, also the supporting cast where, you know, they trade away Robbie Anderson, who, you know, really not a very productive player at this point in his career, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, who's now also traded, uh, you know, DJ Moore is probably the best player that they have on offense, but uh, there's not a lot of other pieces to work with. So um, I think just the degree of difficulty was too high for him to really, and, you know, he was injured a season ago. So, it's a really complicated recent history of Baker Mayfield, but, you know, his first three seasons in the NFL are, you know, as promising as it gets. And, 
you know, I'm some, I think maybe the biggest concern with him is he doesn't sometimes understand his limitations, both in regards to height. That's a factor sometimes. But he's a limited athlete, but he tries to play like Patrick Mahomes sometimes, and you really got to rein him in. And if he can play measured football, uh, similar to Matthew Stafford a little bit, you can rein him in and let him do what he does best and, you know, just be surgical. And I really think, you know, this could work out in the long term for the Rams. I'm not sure. It's just really a, a five-game fix. Well, I think, you know, that's interesting, too, because it's like, yes, I, I, I agree that the Panthers always sucked uh, going into the year, you know, uh, and you look at it and you go like, yeah, DJ Moore is a good player, probably would, you know, we've never really seen DJ Moore have a good quarterback. We've never seen DJ Moore in a good offense. You know, if DJ Moore were on the Packers, maybe we would see like him as one of the top receivers in the NFL, you know, and the Panthers, you know, they've certainly been more successful without Baker Mayfield. Um, they're three and three without Baker Mayfield, one and five with Baker Mayfield. Don't want to judge everything on the win loss record, but certainly like that's also the same as Matt rule being replaced by Steve Wilkes. They've been a better team with Steve Wilkes. And I think they're a better team without Baker Mayfield. I think that Baker Mayfield you know, there is this interesting thing going around where it's becoming much more common for quarterbacks to switch teams in the offseason and as starters. And then, you know, JB, look around the league. Uh, it, there's a lot of, you know, non-success stories, you know, like Russell Wilson goes to the Broncos. He's terrible. Um, uh Baker Mayfield goes to the Panthers. He's terrible. Marcus Mariota goes to the Falcons. He's, you know, that passing offense is 31st in the league. You know, last year, Jared Goff goes to the Lions. He didn't do well at all. Now, uh, after a year and a half, you know, he's starting to be a lot more efficient, looking more like maybe the 2018 version of Goff that doesn't get in the way. Um Maybe we're just putting way too much pressure on quarterbacks to be successful immediately with their new teams because Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford did it. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be a situation, you know, prior to Matthew Stafford, basically, the only two examples we had were Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, maybe the two best quarterbacks of all time. So them being able to go to another team and be successful right away shouldn't be surprising Stafford was surrounded by talent and uh, so many good things going well for the Rams last year. And he, he had a lot of touchdowns. He also led the league in interceptions. So maybe it's just not that hard to transition. But I do think it's it's just interesting because Baker Mayfield, as far as I can tell, has never been good. Um, you know, he had he, he did a good job of sort of inflating his statistics in 2020, I think, uh, 2020. Um, but then that's that's just kind of like that interesting way that different people uh, will see the same player and the same offense. Um, and I think that if you're the Rams, this is why I wrote the article in the offseason. You know, what is Baker Mayfield? If Baker Mayfield can just sit for two years and like become a part of a team before, you know, being the franchise player. And try to just become a part of the team, similar to, you know, Geno Smith with Seattle, where it's like he spent three years as a backup, just becoming a part of the team. Um, Maybe Mayfield just needs to focus on how can I be a part of a team and help winning, help the Rams win without having to be the starter. So, you know, if the Rams can get him on board to to come back next year on a on a cheap deal, 
Um, I think that's exactly what he needs, and it would be a much better backup to Stafford. Um, do you feel any concern at all about uh, the team starting a quarterback who who just got the playbook on Monday, if we're talking about, say, Packers in the last four games of the season, or just throw them out there? Honestly, I know, I know that's a big concern with the playbook and getting him up to speed. And sometimes you put people in the way of injury if you have someone out there who doesn't really know what he's what he's doing uh, schematically, especially you know that he's only had forty eight hours to learn to learn the plays right. But in every single way, he's a better quarterback than John Wolford and Bryce Perkins. And I like watching John Wolford last week and of late. Uh, this guy's awful, and he's so erratic. He can't. He's not a reliable passer even though he still gives you a better chance to, you know, throw the ball forward uh, than Bryce Perkins. But, um, you know, you, in order to unlock the potential of Tutu Atwell and really allow him to take the next step in his development, you know, Baker Mayfield is a number one overall pick. He can make every single throw on the football field. So I think you just need an able body out there and an NFL caliber passer to, to really allow him to get meaningful rep, reps uh, with the first team offense, uh, even though really we're looking at a, mostly second string offense at this point. Right. But in a lot of ways, this 2022 season, all these quarterbacks changing teams just proves how important the supporting cast is around these quarterbacks. And I don't think we've taken that into account enough recently. Um, but, you know, Russell Wilson used to be in a, a tier of quarterbacks that, you know, no matter what the supporting cast is, they could always be successful. Maybe right now that's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Uh, you know, there's very few of those guys, but um, you know, Russell Wilson now belongs in a tier of quarterbacks where that supporting cast is so important in what it means for their success and their ability to sustain a productive offense. And I think, you no know, Matthew Stafford belongs in that, that tier. Baker Mayfield also belongs in that tier. You know, there's, it's a spectrum. It's not necessarily black and white. You know, there's different. There's just to, just different to emphasize, I have to ask, I have to interrupt. I never interrupt. I have to, did you just say Matthew Stafford and Baker Mayfield are on the same tier? Well, I mean, they're in a tier where their supporting cast is going to determine their success. And, you know, maybe Matthew Stafford's on the upper end of that tier and Baker Mayfield is, you know, in the middle or towards the bottom. But the guy's the number one overall pick. He's had three good seasons. And, you know, last year, whenever his decline started, he was playing with an injury. And, you know, I think if he would have been on the Browns roster this year, we'd be having a lot of different discussions around him. So he's a limited player to a certain extent with his athleticism and his height. But uh, he's an he's a NFL caliber thrower. So he's at least a, the 16th overall starter in the NFL or maybe slightly worse, but um, you know, he's average to, to below average. Maybe. I have to disagree. You know, I, I think when we get rid of, if I said, tell me about Baker Mayfield, but you can't talk about anything that happened prior to 2020, even if we said, forget about winning a Heisman, which has absolutely no correlation to NFL success or, you know, being the number one pick, which, you know, Sam Darnold was the number three pick, you know, Josh Rosen was the number 10 pick, you know, these Josh, these are not NFL quarterbacks. Josh Rosen, Rosen wasn't even close to being an NFL quarterback, but he had all the talent in the world. I mean, I, I just feel like Baker Mayfield by every account that we had, you know, the, the Panthers weren't the worst offense in the NFL. I do agree totally that like supporting cast cannot, it is being underrated and, and we can look around the league, look at what the Eagles have put around Jalen Hurts. Look at what the Dolphins have put around Tua Tonga-Veoa to make those quarterbacks more successful this year. I think that if you had put Daniel Jones on the Dolphins or the Eagles, Daniel Jones, maybe he wouldn't just have 11 touchdowns. Maybe he'd be up there with some of the more of the leaders, you know, 
But Baker Mayfield, to me, it's just like, other than, I just don't see anything on his resume that's that's attractive if you take out, you know, his history as a number one pick, which shouldn't have any impact on whether, you know, uh, he's good. That's just like, that's just for me, you know, other people, you know, I know that I think that Jacoby Brissett has proven he's better than Baker Mayfield. And I think that's if with Cleveland, you know, I, I think Jacoby Brissett just proved that even though he wasn't a number one overall pick, He's just a, a better quarterback, um, a better leader, a better teammate, a better you know presence, uh, more likely to give his supporting cast help. Um, but I also think you know whether it's Baker Mayfield or Matthew Stafford, uh, the Rams do need to get better um, you know weapons, and they need to continue to get better. And you know we don't know what the future of Cooper Cup's going to be like, so. That to me is 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 the biggest concern. I, I just feel like I, you know, that's an interesting difference here between our looks at Baker Mayfield, which is I I think he's probably maybe the 40th or 50th best quarterback in the NFL. Um and, and he might maybe he's more like uh the 20th, you know. It's it's not it could be. Um what would I mean like you know, you, you know that he has a problem playing within someone else's structure and maybe he is too much of a um, I'll take over the game on my own here, which, you know, could be uh, interesting to watch develop because the Rams are probably going to be losing a lot of these games, you know, trailing in the score and need and, and maybe Baker. That's when he's going to go. Oh, it's time for me to take over. You know, um, how would you think that it's best for the Rams to sort of um, build an offense around a quarterback who just got here. Yeah, it's fair. And I I think sometimes whenever we talk about Baker Mayfield, it gets lost in the shuffle that, you know, in 2018, his rookie season, uh, Hugh Hugh Jackson was his head coach, right? And, you know, he gets fired in the middle of the season, Greg Williams, and he's working with Freddie Kitchens. Then they hired the interim or the offensive coordinators, the head coach the next year. So those are two of his best seasons that he's put on tape. And you're not working with you know some of the best minds in football, certainly. So whenever you have someone like Sean McVay uh, to bring out the best in you, I think it's a good opportunity. But, um, you know, I think it's okay to disagree, of course. But uh, in every single way, Baker Mayfield opens up this offense in a way that John Wolford and Bryce Perkins cannot. So, uh, and I would much rather have, you know, Baker Mayfield in the building as Matthew Stafford's backup, especially considering this injury history that we've seen this season a spinal cord injury, you know, it doesn't get much more concerning than that. Uh, Then the likes of Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby Brissett, those guys too. So Mayfield in every single way is a limited player, just like those guys, but he still is able to unlock, you know, every single part of your offense, make every single throw. And, you know, every part of the field is available to him. And I think that's what you what you're looking for in a backup, but you know, the guy is kind of a jerk and, you know, he's not very likable and it dates back to his college days. And, you know, if you can rein that in and he can eat some humble pie and he's fine being the number two guy in the building for at least a couple of years, uh, maybe whenever he's, you know, hitting that early 30s mark, he's more mature and he's ready to step into a starter role potentially. But um, or, you know, the Rams just let him leave and someone else makes a bad investment and you, know, you recoup some comp picks, compensatory draft picks. You know, I think that's you know an interesting aspect of the signing, too. Do you have, if you, you know, we get into the time of the Rams need to, you know, whatever happens with Baker Mayfield, 
I think, you know, basically the Rams, they're paying $2 million here so that when the Rams play on Christmas against the Broncos on TV in front of the whole world, it's not John Wolford or Bryce Perkins. You know, this is basically the the best thing uh, in terms of like, I'm, you know, wouldn't the NFL even go, hey, guys, please, you need to pick up, you need to get Baker Mayfield. We cannot have this Christmas game with no storylines. So, uh, you know, I think that's one reason that the, the Rams added Baker Mayfield. And uh, the other thing is, you know, when the Rams do have to come back next year, they can't come back with Wolford and Perkins. They have to come back with something of a better option. Um, So you've got these guys are free agents next year. Baker Mayfield being one of them. Sam Darnold, who I mentioned earlier. Jimmy Garoppolo, who is now out for the year and, you know, I don't, nobody knows, you know, we're going through the exact same thing that we just went through with Jimmy Garoppolo and whether, how, whether he'll get a starting job next year or not. Very weird. Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent. Daniel Jones, Jacoby Brissett previously mentioned case Keenum, former Ram uh, Geno Smith won't be uh, signing anywhere as a backup. Uh, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, uh, Mike White, who, you know, maybe he's earning a uh, contract with the Jets right now. You know, uh, just going over some of these names, uh, Taylor Heineke, Nick Mullins, Chase Daniel, Chad Henney, Drew Locke. Um, any of these guys stand out to you as as maybe um, a different option than Baker Mayfield to to put behind Matthew Stafford next year? Yeah, certainly wouldn't mind Drew Locke. I've been on that train for, for the last couple of years since he hasn't worked out in Denver. But in the same train of thought that Mayfield unlocks every part of the, the field, so does Drew Locke, and he's capable of these big-time throws. Yes, he's going to make some head-scratching turnovers, but that's just what you get out of backup sometimes. And I'd much rather have a guy that can make every single throw than a guy who's so limited that you can't run the same offense and you can't utilize all of your skill players like what you get with John Wolford these days. So. Uh, I'm always a big fan of Andy Dalton. I think, you know, when we're talking about supporting cast, but he can at least win you a game or two just being a savvy veteran and he's been around for so long, but his floor is extremely low or extremely, you know, high, but maybe his ceiling is super low. Um, but yeah, uh, all of those are, are, I wouldn't, I'd stay away from the Jacoby Brissett's, Teddy Bridgewater's of the world. Um, you know, Chase Daniels, a high price, you know, uh, they're very, everyone knows they're a backup and reliable, but um, I'd much rather have got someone who unlocks every part of the field, Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke in that vein. I think, you know, now that we're sitting here at, you know, this point of the season, knowing all the terrible things that have transpired with the Rams, you know, we know that uh, Allen Robinson was a bad signing, you know, and looking back at the time Allen Robinson was signed, I forgot that Robert Woods hadn't been traded yet. So, you know, at that that time, everyone was talking about Cup, Woods, Robinson, Van Jefferson. Then you're getting into the 2-2 Atwell, Ben Skoranek, you know, not having to get into the depth until then. Then they trade Robert Woods. Then they see uh, OBJ, you know, there's no, you know, we knew that OBJ couldn't come back soon. And now it looks like maybe he won't come back this season for any team at all. Um, But that depth went away really quickly. And I think at this point, Al Robinson is what he is. He's not, to me, a guy that's going to, it reminds me of when uh, Danny Amendola 
signed with the Patriots, right? Like at that point, Danny Amendola was thought to be like, oh, wow, he's going to go to the Patriots. He's going to replace Wes Welker's production. He signed a nice contract. And then it was just kind of like such a bad first year and then a slightly better second year. And he he found a, a niche role in that offense that made him valuable to the Patriots a little bit, but not nearly what they needed or wanted or people had expected. So even if Allen Robinson come back, comes back next year and does a little bit better, I would be shocked if we're ever going to get to that, oh, the Rams have two number ones that was thought when they signed Allen Robinson. So when we're talking about what the Rams need to do next year, you know, Cooper Cup is 30-31, an injury half uh, off of this year. Allen Robinson hasn't been good. Van Jefferson, you know, we're not, I haven't seen anything of Van Jefferson. Tutu Atwell could be a great, you know, complimentary weapon next year. Do you think and do you want the Rams to try and make a major splash move at wide receiver or tight end, just as long as it's, you know, because we're seeing the values of guys like Travis Kelsey and, do you want to see the Rams spend a, a good amount of their resources on, you know, getting Matthew Stafford help as weapons? Well, yeah, I think they need weapons just in general. And I think you need to add one type of star player. And I wouldn't rule out that being a, a running back either. And every down running back, a workhorse type, you know, can really create yardage that isn't there, can be explosive in the passing game too. And, you know, you're not getting a lot out of Tyler Higby. Sure, he's reliable. He's a good blocker. but uh, really, if you can have a mismatch at the tight end position, especially in the passing game, you can work vertically. I think that's such a big bonus to your offense. It can open up a lot of things for the other guys on the field. So, uh, yeah, I think Allen Robinson, if you replace Allen Robinson's snaps with Tutu Atwell uh, this season, how much more different does this offense look? Just because, you know, Robinson was so limited. He was only running eight yards away from the line of scrimmage most of the time. And even when he was open, you know, Stafford wasn't looking his way. So, I think you just need to add speed to this offense. You need to add, you know, playmakers. And you know, you, whether that comes with a receiver or running back, you need star caliber players, certainly. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you think you would trade uh, the Rams first pick this year and a third round pick next year for T. Higgins? Oh, yeah, that would be a good move. T. Higgins, he's a perfect receiver that the Rams would need, the perfect type, because you have Cooper Cup, who's, you know, your intermediate slot receiver. Uh, he's also a bigger body. You know, T. Higgins can work the vertical part of the field, and he's a large target. And you have your speed guy in Tutu Atwell. You have your do-it-all guy in Van Jefferson. Uh, you have just a very diverse skill set at that position with that at that point. So I think that would be pretty exciting for Los Angeles. Would you trade the Rams' first pick this year for Michael Pittman? Yeah, I think in the same vein, he's not the same player that T. Higgins is, but uh, I think the Colts may be asking him to be a number one. He might be more of a number two, but same big body type of receiver. I think that'd work well. Okay, we got Rams Raiders on Thursday. A few weeks ago, you know, these teams were just as bad as one another. Maybe the Rams were a little bit better. 
certainly a few weeks ago when the Rams had uh, Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and and Matthew Stafford, they they looked a lot better than the Raiders. Uh, and now the Raiders have won three straight. You're going to be attending the game. Are you nervous that the Raiders are going to actually, you know, kind of uh, have their way with the Rams? Yeah, it's very possible. And, you know, they're on a three-game win streak. And they're doing it without you know, two of their best offensive skill players and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. So uh, Devontae Adams has been extremely productive recently. They have two scary edge rushers and Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. The rest of that defense is a little suspect at times, but you know, they're deep on that defensive line. They can rotate, they can get after you. And that's a, a huge concern with this injury riddled offensive line. So, uh, you know, Derek Carr's going to make his fair share of plays. Uh, he might make some turnovers and give the defense some chances. So you got to be aggressive in that regard. And, you know, it all starts with stopping Josh Jacobs, of course, too. Now you like Derek Carr. This I know about you, JB. Is Derek Carr better than Matthew Stafford? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think my answer would have been absolutely not at the end of 2021. But, uh, you know, things change in 2022, right, where uh, Stafford's really regressed, but also so is a supporting cast. I think maybe – I think as this season has told us, maybe they're a little closer than what it was, but Stafford's still probably the better player. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I've never been too high. I, I was higher than most people on Derek Carr early in his career before people thought that he was like very good and thought, boy, he's okay. He's not that bad. And then he somehow became like really good to some people. Uh, and we're still waiting for that Derek Carr moment. You know, he's 31 years old, but we're still waiting for that Derek Carr moment, you know, and it has to happen, you know, in the playoffs. Uh, it can, you know, it has to happen like winning playoff games. It has to happen like that's when players, you know, sort of reach that. That's just what happened for Stafford last year, right? Once you have that, you move up a, a notch when you start winning playoff games. So, um, this game, an interesting situation for Derek Carr because he's getting to face a Rams team at its lowest point. No Aaron Donald. You know, the Rams shouldn't be able to score a lot of points. So, you know, this is an opportunity for the Raiders to sort of do something. Um, but really, you know, if this is Derek Carr's turns out to be his best season, um, and right now he's he's at 20 touchdowns, eight interceptions. But I think because the Raiders lost too many close games, this is a team that lost by five, lost in overtime, lost by two, lost by one, lost by seven, lost by five. I mean, the difference between the five and seven Raiders and even the 10 and two Raiders is not that great right now, JB. And a lot of that probably having to do not just with Devontae Adams, but uh, Josh Jacobs. So um, we've got this idea here, as you said, it's not just about wide receivers and tight ends. Sometimes it can be about Bell uh, Cal running backs. And Josh Jacobs is a free agent next year. Thoughts on, you know, Josh Jacobs, the impact he's having on the Ram, uh, on the Raiders, and, uh, you know, the potential value that Josh Jacobs would bring to the Rams. Well, if you flash back to this preseason, you know, Jacobs was playing in the, in the exhibition games, and it was really a shock to everyone. And I think maybe they tried to platoon that backfield a little too much in the early going. And in those close games, as you mentioned, I don't think they leaned on the running game enough, and that's something they got away from. And then once they started featuring Jacobs, it's really worked in a big way for them. And you know, it also comes at a time when you know Renfro's missed a lot of a lot of playing time this year, and Waller's been inconsistent and unreliable as well too. And that's kind of just been the theme for his career. He's kind of an oft injured player, right? 
And so whenever you don't have, maybe you're not operating at maximum efficiency in the passing game because you're missing some of your star players or better players, um, you can lean on that running game and it really just uh, raises your floor and makes the games more competitive when you can grind the clock. And, you know, Jacobs, is, he's a tough running back. And, you know, he really did a number against the Seahawks last week, uh, and, you know, the Chargers recently too. So um, the Rams have the work cut out for him. Luckily, they've been pretty stout on the ground. But now you're missing Aaron Donald. Uh, you know, Bobby Wagner is going to be a really important player on Thursday night after he had such a big game against Seattle on Sunday. So it's going to be really interesting to see if the Rams can slow down that running game and force Derek Carr to beat you. Yeah, it's uh, it's Bobby Wagner's opportunity again to uh, – I mean, the game that he had last week and, and the game – you know, needing – the Rams needing players like Bobby Wagner to step up at times of such uh, dire straits. Um, and then we saw Michael Hoyt step up as a pass rusher and, you know, Sean McVay, you know, it's funny cause it's like Sean McVay saying with Michael Hoyt, like, oh yeah, I wish I had known earlier that he's, he's good or that he can be good, uh, or with Tutu Atwell. Yeah. I wish I had known earlier. Do you think that Sean McVay, you know, how does Sean McVay get into these situations where he he doesn't know that his best players are on the depth chart. You know, it's Tutu Atwell. Again, you talked about Josh Jacobs playing in the preseason. Why didn't Tutu Atwell play in the preseason? Why didn't, uh, why didn't we see some of these other guys? I mean, it, those would seemingly be the opportunities. How could Tutu Atwell not play in the preseason and then not get any real opportunities for two months? You know, how, how could that possibly coincide? Wouldn't you give him everything you could there? You know, and it's like, that was the opportunity, you know, of, of putting John Wolford back out there in the preseason. And then we've seen that come to fruition uh, with needing to use the depth there. So, you know, there's other guys on this roster, JB, Bobby Brown, Keir Thomas, um, Sean Jolly. I don't know, like where it's like, how can I really say that anybody is uh, deservingly buried on the depth chart when Sean McVay consistently doesn't play guys for a year, two years. Um, and then we find out he's actually pretty good. So um, anybody that you just want to continue to see more of and, um, and just any theories on to why, you know, Sean McVay, how Sean McVay at this stage in his career can maybe like find out what he has before he finds out that he's been, you know, kind of wasting these opportunities. Well, Bobby Brown had that big tackle for loss against the Seattle Seahawks. He's a pretty disruptive player whenever he's had opportunities at nose tackle. And whenever he came back from suspension, he was a healthy scratch on the game day inactives for, you know, several weeks. And, you know, it's good to see him on the field now that Donald's out. But I think the biggest head scratcher over the last two to three weeks is why the team keeps putting David Long Jr. out on the field at cornerback whenever he's set for free agency this spring. You have to get Robert Rochelle playing time. He's such a big body. He's such a freak athlete that you have to know what you have in him before you start making, you know, heavy investments this offseason because I think you need number two cornerback. But uh, Robert Rochelle played well as a rookie in his limited opportunities. He battled injuries too, but he needs to be on the field so the Rams know what they have in him. And at the very minimum, you know, get get to Kobe Durant some playing time too because uh, Darion Kendrick's been out there a lot. He seems like an incredibly limited player. Uh, so I think it's time to maybe give some of – Kendrick and Long's opportunities to these other guys. And I, I just want to see a different rotation in the secondary. You're seeing Russ Yeast out there more with Nick Scott. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on too. Maybe we see Quentin Lake as well. 
Yeah, Quentin Lake, you know, would be a good one to see as well. Um, not that, you know, fans should get overly hopeful for sixth and seventh round picks and undrafted free agents and stuff, but we've seen Michael Hoyt, you know, be buried here and, and Sean McFay saying, yeah, I guess I should have uh, tried something sooner, you know. Um, but overall, you know, it's just trying to figure out what, you know, is is good on the roster, what needs help, you know, what um, whatever can happen in the next five games to add insight into the players who should be playing next year and to the positions that need to be addressed. Um, but I don't think anything is as obvious as, you know, addressing the the needs for those very difficult to find players um which that 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 necessitated very bold moves this offseason by the dolphins trading for tyree kill by the eagles trading for aj brown um those are very bold moves that have paid off in huge ways. Allen Robinson was a bold move and it was probably too bold. And, and Allen Robinson's age and injury history and, you know, sort of lack of production with poor quarterback play was maybe a sign that uh, it was the wrong bold move. Um, and so I think LA needs to do something there with making the right bold decision next year could be a running back. Um, but also, you know, getting this uh, defense right again and, and getting back Aaron Donald and, and doing all those things for next year. Uh, finally, JB, you know, the Rams with their last five games here, you've got the Raiders on Thursday night, the Packers on Monday night, the Broncos on Christmas, the Chargers on New Year's Day, and then the Seahawks in the season finale on, on January 8th, uh, which game are you most looking forward to here for the Rams? Yeah, I think maybe Baker Mayfield's debut against the Packers. You almost have to assume with two weeks are prepared that he's going to be out there. Uh, Christmas Day might be a little bit of a snooze fest, so maybe don't eat too big of a dinner because you might fall asleep during that game. Uh, and, you know, I think I'm really looking forward to the battle for Los Angeles, too, against the Chargers here coming up at SoFi Stadium. Technically a home game for the other tenant of the stadium, but uh, if you, you can really play spoiler and end the Chargers playoff host because they're, they're right at that 500 mark. So maybe you lose to the Raiders on Thursday night and then you beat the Chargers and the Raiders make a improbable comeback uh, to carve out a wild card spot. Maybe that'd be pretty interesting, even though, uh, you know, you don't want the Rams to lose Thursday night. I would like to see them win. But, you know, just for uh, maybe, you know, sh- shooting a, a cross town uh, market, your rival would be pretty interesting. Yeah, JB, I think we're going to get a at least one surprise playoff team this year. Um, you know, teams that right now are are a couple games out with five games to go in the AFC, you know, the Jets hold the final playoff spot at 7 and 5, and you got the Patriots at 6 and 6, the Chargers at 6 and 6, the Raiders and Browns and Steelers all at 5 and 7, you know, it's not crazy to think, well, maybe the Jets will finish nine and eight or uh, something like that. And then for the Raiders, you know, if they win their last five games uh, and go 10 and seven, maybe they they would make the playoffs. I would be interested to see the Raiders make the playoffs, but I, I'm not, you know, uh, rooting for them to beat the Rams. Um, so, if, but if that happens and it's like, oh, the Raiders could be a, a, an interesting team that sneaks into the playoffs, the Chargers, another team on the Rams schedule, uh, could get into the playoffs. 
and that would be maybe the only way that Brandon Staley could save his job. The Seahawks hold the final playoff spot in the NFC at seven and five, followed by the Commanders at seven, five, and one. And then you've got uh, the Lions at five and seven. And it's not that crazy to me to think, well, the Lions here have won four of their last five games. Jared Goff's playing all right. Um, they just got back Jamison Williams or they just got Jamison Williams and, and we'll see what, how he adds an element to their offense, which he was my favorite all around player in the draft this year. So kind of an interesting situation there. And then the Lions have a very high draft pick from the Rams coming to them next year uh, between, say, the Lions and then you got the Falcons, the Packers at, at five and eight and the Cardinals and Panthers at four and eight. But maybe between the Lions or or the Raiders or the Chargers or the Browns or the Steelers? Do you see any maybe surprise playoff team? Yeah, I think maybe the Raiders have a pretty good shot because the Chargers seem to be kind of trending in the wrong direction. That offense is kind of you know co- collapsing upon itself, uh, just really being hyper-conservative. So something to watch and see how that unfolds. I think one of those teams, either the Raiders or Chargers, makes the playoffs. Um, just it comes down to that final stretch, right? And the Lions, you know, they were missing a lot of people over that middle stretch of the season on offense. You know, they were down to, you know, Khalif Raymond is their number one receiver at one point. Now that they're getting healthy, they're returning to form. And that trade for uh, trading away TJ Hawkinson looks pretty smart now because Brock Wright seems ready for, you know, that starting role at tight end. So uh, I think they're a fun team to watch always. That defense is starting to figure it out. And, you know, they're going to be frisky coming down the stretch. So uh, they could definitely sneak in as a wild card to maybe surprise someone uh, once they get in the tournament too. So uh, a lot of fun, a fiery team. And I always watch when they're on TV. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, absent the Rams, luckily the Rams won the Super Bowl last year because they're not going to be in the playoffs this year, um, but it should be an interesting playoffs in both conferences. Very excited for that, even though the Rams will not be involved, um, but we'll still be here. So uh, hit subscribe on the podcast, whether it's on Spotify or another app and uh Come stay tuned for our instant reaction show after Thursday night football. JB will be at the game at SoFi Stadium, and we'll be seeing if uh, Derek Carr and uh, is 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 the winner of a game, or, or uh, maybe it'll be hey, maybe it'll be Baker Mayfield. So that's it for this episode of Turf Show Times. Hit subscribe, and we'll be back for the post game show on Thursday night football.